I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to an Inside Carolina special football roundtable, but in honesty, we got to call it the day after. Carolina spring game yesterday in Chapel Hill. Beautiful day in Chapel Hill. A little cloudy at times, but um, so yeah, we're gonna call this a spring game. Matt Gate or the day after. Matt Brown called it a game day. We're gonna do the day after podcast. That's Buck Sanders. That's Jason Staples. I'm Tommy Ashley. As always, we're sponsored by, by Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. I'm going to start exactly like I did when we just got together before we went on the air. When you made up these t-shirts and these sweatshirts that said there is no off season, you weren't supposed to mean it like literally. Literally. Yeah. 24 <laughs> seven. What a, I mean, Carolina basketball season ended month, month or so ago. Baseball's going on. Football's been over since, I mean, it's been crazy. Here we are in mid April talking about, Mac Brown and the Tar Heels still yet again, spring game. You've got a great column that'll drop on the Tar Pit premium board as always tomorrow, but just your overall thoughts here. Um, you know, last, the end of last season, it was a Debbie Downer. Let's be honest. Um, here we are again, Mac Brown winning the off season. It feels like, but talk some sense into me. Well, I, I'm not sure if that I'm, that's uh, within my pay grade to make that happen. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, spring game. I mean, uh, really not a game, and most spring games were really not a game. Um, very difficult to tell some things. Um, the thud tempo throughout, uh, there's been a lot of questions I've seen on the Tar Pit Premium about, Oh, does the fact that they went thud for spring game mean that they're just intent on replicating their uh, reputation as being soft as Sherman? And and I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think, uh, and then there's comments about uh, towards the end of his uh, press conference, Mac Brown referenced uh, that they were thin at running back and people are just excited about that. How can we possibly be thin? Well, you had George Petaway out. You had Caleb Hood out, um, and you couldn't run uh, British books at full tempo. So you were down to, you know, not that many people uh, at running back yesterday. But, you know, I thought it was a good exercise. Uh, I heard good things um, about the kicking game, uh, although the guy missing the extra point kind of blew that for me a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um the, the defense is, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a believer yet that there's a lot uh, to happen between now and the season and during the season to make me uh, start having some beliefs in the uh, defense. But uh, the one thing that we can take out of it, I think, for relatively certain, is that Tess Walker and Nate McCollum are who we thought they were going to be. And that alone was worth the the time and effort it took to watch the spring game. And 
that takeaway is uh, pretty important, I think. Yeah, Jason, get in here. I know that, um, and if folks, well, I, I guess it's kind of dated now, but it was a really good discussion you and Taylor Vipolis did Thursday night, Friday, um, about what to look for in the spring game. And at the top of your list was Elijah Huzzy. And I'll step over from the baseball game. Um, you know, <laughs> weird scheduling going on. And the first thing I see in, directly in front of me is Elijah Huzzy in shorts and no pads. And so I sent you all the picture and all that stuff. And, I mean, that sort of – that was like, damn, that's that's why I walked over here. I wanted to see this guy. But, Jason, your take on what you saw um, on Saturday, I mean, thud makes it difficult. Somebody said that in the chat, Preston from Greensboro. Um, what would you think? Yeah, I mean, you always have to take everything in a spring game with a, with copious salt and ideally some pepper, maybe some hot sauce and, you know, several other things to co- cover over whatever flavors you're trying, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're tasting. But, um, but I think a couple takeaways for me that we can sort of at least get something out of is one you can, you could see, you know, they were very vanilla on both sides of the ball, but you could see a little bit, a little bit of what they're trying to do offensively. Uh, that is different. There are some, there are some things that, that they showed. I mean, some of the stuff they ran is the same stuff they ran last year, but you could see certain things that were different uh, and sort of extrapolate based on personnel and other things where that's, where that might go. Uh, and then it really was more about assessing personnel on defense and, and, and also for me, I mean, this is something that I'm interested in and is, is just seeing, okay, am I seeing better fundamentals from certain positions. I mean, that's one of the things I've harped on for the last couple of years. You guys know this. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have you guys heard me talk about the importance of the first and second step from the defensive line and, and being, you know, being able to, to handle some of those things a, a little bit more. Um, and then basic assignment discipline and, and fundamentals from the, from the back end. Uh, so, you know, it's about assessing personnel and where they're at on that. Uh, and then fundamentals and where they're at on that. And so we, I think we got a little bit to look at. I need to watch this like five more times. I mean, I'm, I, I'm just now entering the, the season of the year where I'm going to be doing uh, my annual roster evaluation. So one of the things that I'll be doing on that is going through the spring game, looking at, you know, the guys that played any significant stuff. I'm going to be using the spring game as evaluation. Uh, it's not the only evaluation, but, you know, for some guys, it will be the only evaluation, but, you know, basically going through and, and, and assessing, assessing that. And I think we could get a sense of some of that. I, and, and some of the things that I saw were concerning uh, in terms of not being fully fixed. Uh, there were certain, you know, I, I didn't like seeing a couple of the defensive backs just get run by uh, where they, the technique wasn't great and they, you know, they, they were late in, in transitioning and they didn't get their hands on the wide receiver. And you do that with a guy who can run and you're going to have a problem. And that happened a couple times. Uh, so I'd like to see that tightened up a little bit, but a lot of things I thought were really, were really positive. And uh, I thought, I thought uh, in particular, I thought they, they, they have some potential with some bodies in the secondary where they, they added some some depth where I think they they could be better there next year. I think a couple of things to that point. Walker ran by everybody. I mean, <laughs> if, better if, get your hands on him. Yeah, if he can, if, if you're not going to touch him at the line, um, he's going to have a field day. Assuming those hands are getting better, and then also, and I blanked on the number when I first saw it, but Christian Hamilton ran yep. by somebody early on the you know opposite from me. Yeah, he ran um, by the uh, the transfer from uh, uh, Chapman, the transfer from uh, from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah, and and so I mean they, they skill positions, particularly wide receiver, definitely in good hands. But let's go ahead and get the Drake May portion of the program out of the way. I mean, and, and want your take, and then want Jason's take. I thought early in whatever Skelly, and then in live action, maybe he was thinking about what he was supposed to do too much, but then he, I mean, it's just, he can get better, but he's already really, really good. If he did not get one ounce better, uh, what'd you see from him? And I'll go ahead and tell you this, Connor Harrell 
I need a 15 jersey. If somebody got a 15 jersey, <laughs> send it this way because there is, without a doubt, he's the backup quarterback. Is um, he the best the backup history. quarterback you've ever seen, Tommy? He by far. I mean, <laughs> he will. Uh, he will be uh, numero uno on my list of players to pay attention to. I hear you. I hear you. That's what you, uh, you think, Tommy. Drake? <laughs> uh, you know. It's interesting how people have different takes on things. He was 10 of 13 for 159 yards, two TDs. Um, that throw to, to Walker, I, I thought was just awesome. Uh, he just dropped it right in the bucket for hit him right in stride. That's Drake Bay kind of stuff. Um, but somebody had a take that I, there for a minute, I walked up to the ledge and was about ready to jump off. Um, they said, despite that, despite the fact that he was 10 of 13, 159 and two, um, that he wasn't very sharp. He looked like he was rusty. Um, and that his throws that he missed, he missed badly by like five yards or so. And so I thought about that a little bit and chewed it over and decided it was inaccurate. And he, he you, you know, you, you just... <laughs> You, you can't ask for any better than Drake. Um, and he's going to, there are going to be times where he throws the ball and he's not going to hit the receiver. Um, but 10 of 13, I'll take that uh, completion percentage like every day of the week. One, one facet of his game that I want to talk about a little bit. I mean, we've already talked about Walker and McCollum to some extent. But a guy I don't think gets enough attention is Kobe Passore. He may be the best route runner on the team. He always gets open. Uh, he, he's open, and how you get open uh, consistently like that is you're running routes. Oh, does, does Jason have one now? Okay, dueling hourglasses. I need I need to get me a big giant one. It just ran out. I, 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 I figured I'd, uh, I'd turn about his fair play. <laughs> that is fair play, but it only brought this out because that was a quest for it in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Look. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we talk about uh, Pasor enough. And Jason, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I agree. I, I, I mean, I think the thing about uh, Pasor is he's a guy that, like you said, he gets open. And one of the nice things about him is he can play both inside and out. And, uh, and I think he gives them a lot of versatility as really, he's going to be the number three receiver this year, most likely, uh, you know, maybe the number four option. And if that's your number four option in your pass offense, you're feeling real good about what you've got out, out wide. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about that. And, and as far as Drake goes, he did miss three throws. I mean, one of them was the, the touchdown you know that may have been that would have been reviewed in the in the season I don't know I, I didn't see enough of it to know whether or not it was actually a catch or not uh, I think it actually hit the ground but I think uh his hands were on it enough that it might have it might have stood anyway because if it touches the ground but it's in your hands and doesn't jiggle it's still a it's still it's still a catch but either way that was a miss you know he, he's got a, he normally he's going to put that a little more in stride and then he had the other uh Actually, all of them were similar throws where he's stepping up and trying to hit someone on the inside. He had the other where he just inexplicably missed a little shallow and then one in the back of the end zone where he could have hit. And I can tell you, he's not happy with any of those three throws. But the thing is, he missed some throws like that last year, too. I mean, the thing is, he would be 90 percent accurate through the course of a game and then have one or two that would just be inexplicable misses. And that's what he's trying to work on this year. That's what, part of the big thing about the the focus on the footwork and some of those things of, is getting that last ten percent of consistency. And and I think we we are seeing growth there. But we we saw a few of the misses that we saw from last year too. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. The thing about I mean, he's so good when he does miss one, you're surprised and caught off guard. And I mean, I think the throw, I think it was Walker. Um, right there at the at the uh, goalpost. I mean, he's wide open. That that's a play. I would wager Drake make makes ninety nine out of a hundred times, and he just totally missed it. Looking at um, and like I said, Connor Harrell, he he's the backup quarterback, folks. Pencil him in. And uh, was there any question about that? 
No. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just loving asked. the fact I'm loving the fact that Tommy is just so taken with, <laughs> with Connor Harrell. I mean I just lean it's, into it's not it's not even close this year. I mean you his, been your favorite about player yeah. on the team is Connor Harrell. Yeah. yeah Do we absolutely. does any dispute that disputing that at all? Connor, if you're listening, come on the show, man. <laughs> Um, we, we can do wonders. The thing is, Buck, you've been giving me grief about that since CJ Stevens. Yes. And Darian Durant and all that. And, and yeah. Darian Durant was my favorite when Ronald Curry was on the team. And when was that? 2001? Yeah, but I mean, they were kind of like uh, co-starters, uh, you know, the two of those guys. Uh, that was uh, Durant and uh, I might Curry. can go back to Stanisek and Mike Thomas. Uh, I mean, yeah, it goes back a long time. Anyway, uh, you mentioned the thinness of the running backs, and and I'll start with you, Jason, here. I, I mean, we've talked about the transfer portal. It opened yesterday, I guess, for college again, and it's open for two weeks, I guess, till April 30th, um, so two weeks from today. Uh, Mac has said it, and he said it repeatedly. He wants two and one. British Brooks coming back sort of change that dynamic dj jones moved to safety um so i think he's out of that mix Petaway was hurt you mentioned the availability is the best ability we always talk about that um the guys that were healthy i thought omarion looked pretty good i thought brooks looked pretty good i can't believe he's playing with nothing on his knees um it's fascinating you know the wonders of medical technology and all that stuff. But anyway, what'd you see from the running backs that maybe sort of gives some idea that they can get the two to one, or is it going to come down until September 2nd? Um, waiting for that to happen for Max words to happen. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're going to see it come down really to September. Uh, I have my guesses on who it's going to be uh, based on what we've seen and, you know, Depends a little bit on who's available, but uh, I do think based on what we saw in this spring game, I expect British Brooks to be one of those two. It sure looked like it. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he looked uh, to me, that was one of the, the real takeaways from the spring game. One of the real positives from the spring game was watching him move around and look like nothing had happened. Uh, he looked very, very good on his feet. The burst that he had toward the end of the 2021 season looked like it was all there. And he looked like a, he looked like a dynamic runner. And the thing that, that, that stood out again is he had really learned how to set up blocks and how to, how, how, and his vision was the thing that came on at the end of that 2021 season. Uh, that and also being able to break tackles, uh, which, you know, we, we know he can do at this point. But if he brings that kind of burst and vision to the running game, he's going to be probably the number one. Then it's a matter of finding number two. And I think there's a, a huge battle for number two. I, I don't know who number two is going to be, but I think British Book, Brooks right now would have my money on being the number one because of his ability to set up his blocks and just burst and, and break some tackles. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got but you've got Brooks, you've got Hampton, you've got Petaway, you've got Elijah Green that's played a ton of football. Caleb Hood. Uh, and you've got Caleb Hood. That's that availability deal. Uh, I mean, where does it shake out, Buck? Who knows? Uh, the the uh, one thing we can uh, tick a box on is that British Brooks caught two passes yesterday in his entire history at UNC, the goose egg on pass receptions. And one of them he caught in uh, skeleton drills. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, he showed good form. I mean, and, and I think that might also be a little bit of a tip-off that uh, the running backs may be a little bit more involved in the passing game uh, under Chip Lindsey. I think that's kind of something that he folds into his offense that wasn't nearly as much a part of uh, after going to the after going to the coaching clinic i can i can say with great confidence buck that you are a hundred percent right <laughs> well uh you that, know that that, that, that just... makes me feel pretty good I, I, i'm kind of used to it but you know <laughs> oh, <wow>. uh, 
El Presidente with the uh, with the swag. Yeah, but that's but no, that, that's like actually that's book. actually something Lindsay is very public about in yeah. terms of you know th- th- I'm not revealing state secrets. I mean, this is something he's very public about in terms of one of his strong beliefs is uh, you know go uh, goes all the way back to you know you look at Steve Spurrier in the Fun and Gun. He, uh, Lindsay and I were talking about that. You go all the way back to Steve Spurrier at Florida. And one of the things that made Spurrier different from a lot of people is the way that they featured their running back out of the at a sprint draw pass game. And they'd come down to the back all the time. And it just opened so much up down the field. And Lindsay has advanced on on some of those things. Uh, he, he's definitely going to bring more more stuff that that brings the running back into into the passing game. I, I don't want to get too detailed on it, but uh, I think it, it dovetails in nicely with the jet sweep game. Mm-hmm. You know, because you got the the wide receiver going one way, and then the the running back sneaks out the backside. You got two guys you can hit on either side of the uh, either side of the play. It's an interesting uh, wrinkle, I think, that we'll see uh, next year. How many times have we seen? And, and granted, we didn't see a lot of it last year because they didn't. You have to UNCB do it. on the wrong end of that. How many times have we seen a bunch uh, a quarterback, a running back sitting out in a flat or over on the sidelines, just wide open that uh, check down? And, and Carolina never did that enough, I don't think. Um, <laughs> it's free yards. It is absolutely free. I mean, it was like the opposing running back against Carolina was just over there. Like he might as well have been standing on the sideline. He was so open every play. And uh, yeah, if Lindsey brings that type of a game to Carolina, I think it just makes it that much easier for Drake. And Brooks looked pretty good catching those balls. So you know, uh, if if that's part of his game now, if he's uh, woven that into his game, he's he's always been a tough runner, uh, and he's is good in pass protection. If he can add that third element of being a reliable pass catcher out of the backfield, he's a guy you you know could be a three down guy. You know, uh, so what you got, Jason? Before we close, well, the the other guy that that is going to be really interesting, and again, it's about availability. The other guy that really can catch it is is Caleb Hood, and and you know George Petaway, of course, as well. I mean, obviously, knowing what he what he, I mean, he could line up at receiver. Uh, Petaway is a good enough receiver to, you know, line up at slot and, and be a threat. So, I mean, they got three guys really there that are very, very comfortable catching the football. I think, uh, you know, Hampton, I, I haven't seen him do it as much. I don't, I, so I don't know. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, obviously green, you know, he, he had some catches last year. I don't think he's quite as natural a catcher. Uh, he, he's had to really work at it, but you know, they're, they're going to have guys that are going to be able to catch out of the backfield. You got a lot of options there. They're going to narrow it. It's going to narrow one way or another, um, whether it's by injury or a portal or somebody just being content sitting and watching. Um, but they've got to get it narrowed down. Got a long ways till September 2nd, though, even though time does surely fly. There's a ton of questions on the message boards. There's a ton of questions in the chat already. Um, we're going to talk about the offensive and defensive line, but I want to sort of – let's check on the linebackers right now. Um, obviously – but said Gray, Eccles, I mean, they're going to play a, a ton of snaps. Did you see anything? Um, Jason made a comment on VIP's show, unless I totally misheard you, Jason, and I typed it up, so I hope I didn't, um, that Sebastian Cheeks needs to be one of the solid backups, needs to be one of those guys that really steps up in the role behind Eccles and Gray. Did you see anything? Obviously, he's in a yellow jersey. They were thudding anyway, but. What did you see behind Gray and Eccles that maybe gave you some sense that we'll see some of those guys play in the fall as opposed to last year? I don't really know, uh, but uh, I did see Deuce Caldwell go in the hole with Amari and Hampton and win. You know, uh, and uh, what Deuce Caldwell can bring to the – table i don't really know but he's pretty a confident kid he's pretty confident he can bring something to the table um you know the, the other guys i don't know so much about michael short you know i couldn't pick him up out of a pick him out out of a lineup uh so uh those 
those questions elude me a little bit, but Cheeks and uh, maybe Deuce uh, could could be a contributor. The other thing, though, is I don't know how much people have been paying attention to the transfer portal today, but there's a lot of players in there that play linebacker and that are, you know, and have played linebacker. Uh, successfully and you know for a power five team so i don't know can they can they pick somebody out up out of the transfer portal maybe we'll see yeah it's really Um, hard to get those guys out of the portal though to come in for a backup role and odds are you're gonna you know unless you you're bringing in an absolute stud at which point you're competing with you know the alabamas and you know georgias of the world who might bring that kind of guy in you're you know you're you're basically are odds are you're bringing him in to be a backup to power and, and Cedric. And that's the hard part. When, when you're looking at some of those guys, they're usually trying to go somewhere where they're going to play. That that's some, a lot of those guys, 90% of them, that's right. But some of them have three years of eligibility, four years of eligibility. And maybe they just don't like the, 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 the coaching. There's been a coaching change. There's, you know, they don't feel loved where they are. Um, maybe they could find somebody out of the portal that'll, that can help. I mean, I think it's a possibility. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I do think though, Buck, that, that what you said about uh, Deuce Caldwell, he was the guy that stood out to me uh, as well. And, you know, probably, probably has earned a little bit of time. Uh, I'm not sure how much time, you know, in non-garbage time uh, he's earned yet, he, but he, 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 there's something, there was something there to build on with him and how quickly he triggered and got into the backfield. And, and he did it more than once uh, where, where he was able to, to work through traffic and, and hit the back, hit, hit, hit the hole into the backfield very quickly. Uh, and so that stood out a couple of times, especially toward the end there uh, looked like he was fine in his feet. And, you know, if, if it can be, he and if he and cheeks can both be, you know, competent backups that, that you can put out there without a big drop off, that'd be huge. I think your point in the VIP, when you talk to VIP, um, if one of, especially if Gray, but if one of those guys goes down, somebody better step up. And it's going to be um, imperative that Mac and his staff and Thigpen get those guys ready for the fall because you're one play away from an absolute disaster um, in Carolina's defense. Like you said, it was bad enough. It would be cataclysmic, catastrophic, and end of days bad if something happened to one of those guys. Um, they they can't lose that. Cedric Gray this year. They can't. Yeah, bubble wrap Cedric Gray, and, and then uh, hopefully he takes care of his body and doesn't get any unfortunate injuries. Let's take a Johnny T-shirt break. It's always that time to go to Johnny T-shirt shop. Franklin Street was beautiful yesterday and beautiful this weekend. I um, hope a lot of people checked out Johnny T-shirt. Got 10% off your order if you're a premium message board subscriber. Look, I posted this link on the premium message board. We got over 200 people in here. So a lot of people paying attention. <laughs> a lot of people need to hit up uh, Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Mm. Get your premium subscriptions from Buck Sanders and Inside Carolina, and you get 10% off. It's like we talked about free yards. It's free money, and you get Free money to go to Johnny T-Shirt, one of the best places on Franklin Street. One of the institutions on Franklin Street. Take care of them. Let national guys pay the bills. It's the day after football roundtable, whatever we're calling it. Carolina Spring 2023 is a wrap, and we're wrapping it up here. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, fellas. Uh, Sean Crawley, my man, is always in the chat. You know, but we need to have an exclusive Inside Carolina function for people that attend like 98% of the live shows. That would be so awesome. Um, Bowls Lot's a good place to start every fall. Um, let's talk about the offensive and defensive line. Because quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Anything we talked about doesn't matter. Uh, Buck, I'll start with you. Jason, I know he's got some some thoughts on it. But how? what I wanted to see is some guys hit somebody yesterday and straight up do it. I know they've been working in practice, um, but we don't always get to see that. But your thoughts here, um, specifically on the defensive side, Monaquino's come in. You know, the emphasis is on the offensive line from Randy Clements. Uh, what do you see in there that gives you hope that uh, Tar Heels can be as physical as Mac Brown wants them to be and talks about them being? Well, uh, let me start with a defensive line first, and maybe we should separate them out, defense and then offense. And uh, one reason I, I want to go that route is because uh, Jason's uh, critique of fundamentals on the defensive line uh, have been encyclopedic over the years. And uh, I, I want to know if any of that looks any better to him or not. But as far as the rest of it goes, a couple of things. One is Travis Shaw was out and Des Evans was out. And so I, I, I don't know that either of those players are starters next year, but they might be. And um, so we didn't get a, a really good look at them. But of course, we know a little bit about Des. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen Travis Shaw play. Uh, Elijah Huzzy as well, but we're talking about the DL right now. Um, but, you know, you look at it, and Bo Atkinson had a good day. Um, and some of the younger players, now they, they were going against, you know, second and third teamers themselves, but, you know, guys like Tyler Thompson, and Gabe Stevens and uh, Jabron Harvey, those guys, they all flashed. And, and you know, they're puppies. And one of my favorite expressions is, is if they don't bite when they're puppies, they don't ever bite. Um, <laughs> and, and, and those guys bite bit, you know. Uh, if you were looking at them in a litter and you wanted a good hunting dog, you'd pick out one of those because you know they're going to grow up to be a dog. Uh, so, you know, the, the younger guys uh, were, were encouraging. I like seeing that. Um, and, and for the, as far as the rest of it, you know, they, they are just so, um, stocked with talent that, um, it's hard to believe that they don't have or have not yet shown to the world a dominant defensive line. Um, and that's as far as I can get based on the defensive line, but I am interested on from to hear from Jason about technique and what he saw about all that. They certainly pass the look test. I mean, <laughs> they've they, done that for about three years now. Yeah. They yeah. get off They're the good bus. At that. They get off the bus in the airplane and walk through the airport very good. I mean, those dudes look impressive. Um, the few practices that we've seen and, and seeing them out there, I mean, but Jason, yeah, it doesn't matter if you don't do it right. What have you seen so far? Yeah, Des Evans looks like he was built in a lab to play defense. I know. I mean, and really and I've watched him. I watched him at Lee County, and I'll frankly admit that I thought that whatever ranking drop he got was warranted way back then. Um, but from a purely physical standpoint, that dude. Well, he was is, real thin in high school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, was is, a, he was a drink of water. 
Yeah, he's grown up. Any, he ain't that anymore. He ain't that, that anymore. That, that's a that's a pretty defensive end right there. <laughs> yeah. And Amari um, Gaynor looks like a grown man out there. Yeah, when he ran right by one of the one of the tackles, I don't remember who it was, but there was one the 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 one sack that he had. He actually wasn't even touched. He beat him so bad. Um, so which is you know it's one of those you know. Is that a positive for the defense or a negative for the offense factor in, you know, in spring ball? That's one of the things that makes assessing spring games so hard. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I can remember a lot of the, the media uh, talking, you know, being very optimistic about Florida State's secondary. Like this could be a really, really good secondary. And it turns out that they were just going against the worst, <laughs> the worst wide receiver segment in the <laughs> ACC. And nobody was ever open in practice. But that's just because they were going against really, really bad receivers. Uh, and so then when they got into ACC play, they got torched. And, you know, that's it can, it can be hard when you're assessing going against yourself because you may have a weakness that isn't allowing the other weakness to be uh, to manifest just worse weakness. Um, that said, I did. So I just a caveat. I need to go back through this with a fine tooth comb. So this is kind of immediate. I've First watched impressions. I've watched this 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 spring game one and a half times. So uh, I've not gone through, you know, looking at player by player stuff. But my first impression is that the defensive line is doing a better job of getting off the football. So just in the sense of first step, actually gaining ground and taking the fight to the deep, to the offensive line. And, and trying to reset the, the defensive or reset the line of scrimmage, I did think that there was a noticeable difference in at least, and, and I'm not sure it was every play, but I felt like there was a noticeable difference in terms of how hard those guys were coming downhill on their first step. And I can tell you this is something that they've been working on in practice. Uh, it's, some, it's a big emphasis of Monachino or Monachino. Uh, and I think you saw some of that show up in the spring game. So, and that's been one of my biggest criticisms of, of the defensive line the last couple of years is, you know, not getting, not gaining ground with that first step and not, not transferring any power with that second one. So my immediate thought was that there was some progress there. Uh, I'm going to go back through. I'm not sure how many times over the course of this off season to, to assess that more clearly. And so I'll have more on that once we get to the, to this, to the fall. But my first impression is that there's, that there were some noticeable differences in terms of what they were able to do on that. I also thought there were a couple things they did schematically that were subtle in terms of isolating the best pass rushers on the defensive line uh, and guys doing a better job of attracting double teams so that and and hugging to the double team, embracing a double team, so that they could get the one on one where they wanted it. And there was some pressure in some places. A uh, couple of Miles Murphy's pressures were situations where they were able to get him in a one on one, and he's he should win those one on ones, and he was able to. Uh, so, and and that's something I don't think they did that that well last year. And and so some of the things just in terms of basic technique and how you set it up to make sure you're isolating the right guy to get the one-on-one so that he can win. I think they did a little bit better job of that as well. Uh, so those are two positives off the defensive line that just on a first impression, I think, I think we're there. And then the third one is, is, is I do think Gainer with his burst off the edge does give you something that you can, especially on passing downs, you can you can leverage that, especially when he gets into some of those one on ones that you can create for him. I think he gives them a, a, di- a dimension that they've not had a whole lot there on the end. Uh, and then Tamari Fox was the other sort of revelation there. I thought he looked as good as he's looked at, at Carolina. Uh, you know, he's always going to be a little undersized, but he did bring some quickness uh, back to the interior that they've lacked. And so I'm I'm curious to see what he looks like going into next year. Yeah, a lot of. To Buck's point and to your point, there's a ton of talent there. They got to figure out how to unlock it, and it appears that they are they are working on that. I know there was a video out there with some poor technique or what folks viewed as poor technique, uh, and I said the other day on on the beat, it's a work in progress. And you know, you don't you don't up somebody's awareness on Madden or on NCAA 14, and it immediately it's not it's not how it works in real life. So. 
Um, Jason, something I want to give people a heads up is you're going to do all these scouting reports. And, and Buck, I don't know if you know we're planning this, but I think you'll like this. Uh, Jason's going to do his scouting reports, going to do the written versions, and then hopefully Jason and I will do quick 10, 15, 20-minute vignettes. I did a little of that last year. Well, yeah, we did a little and, bit. Of, we did a little bit of that with the uh, with the transfer class, yeah. and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna try to extend that more to some of these other other players. You know, yeah, one point so. I wanted to bring up before we get any further is that I don't know if if uh, the coaching staff follows this podcast as religiously as you know <laughs> uh, maybe they should. But one thing was interesting to me is that. Mac Brown went off on like a five minute rant sort of about uh doing goal line <laughs> uh in the spring and 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 talked about it almost foaming at the mouth that uh we never do that in the spring. We never do goal line in the spring. Um uh, and uh it, when he was talking when I was w- listening to him talk about that I remembered uh Jason like pounding the desk about well they should practice goal line all the time. Why are they about doing goal line? Blah 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 blah. So, well, funny thing is, funny thing is the practice coincidental, but who knows? Well, funny thing is the practice that I was at, they did goal line and they did live goal line for about ten minutes. So it was it was really red zone, but they wound up in goal line about half of that period. So I was happy to see it. Only thing I didn't like is that the offense scored on almost every one of them. Uh, the bottom line is, if they're not more physical, both sides of the ball, and we're going to flip it because, like we talked about, is are they good and the other side stinks or vice versa? Um, the old quintessential spring game um, conflict. That well, one thing had. about that, though, Tommy, is that they went up against the same offensive line last year. Mm-hmm. Four of yeah. the same guys. Yeah, yeah. four of the same guys. So. Uh, it's not a case of um, they look better because the, the offensive line is worse because the offensive line is basically the same. Uh, so yeah, you actually kind of know what you have on the offensive line in a lot right. of ways. There, there's there's you know real that one fifth guy is the one guy you don't you're not sure about, but you kind of know what you got there. You know you've got an ACC level offensive line in terms of bodies. So. Um, one other thing I, I didn't mention that I really liked is that they finally found a spot for, uh, for, for Cayman Rucker. Like he, like he's moved around a lot yes. in, in terms of his career at, at North Carolina. He's played inside, he's played outside. They had him standing up for a while they found a spot for him. He has a carved out role. They know where he's going to be. And I think in that role, he can be a difference maker. He, he is the, they've moved him to the, he's the primary uh, buck end and they're just turning him loose there and look that guy's a that guy's a really good football player and I think you know he and Gaynor are going to split that position and I think Rucker is going to be a really good player at that position every thing I've seen with my own eyes and everything I've heard about the spring practice is that they cannot handle Rucker nobody can yeah no, I mean that- he is just wearing people out yeah, he, he's he's going to play in the NFL because of what he's going to look like this year at that spot. Yeah, yeah. The and, jack the jack position is basically invented for him. I mean, uh, he, Matt, he is the right size and you you wish he was, you could be a little taller maybe. You but, wish he was about three inches taller. If he was three inches taller, he'd be a top. He'd be in the, in the contention for a top ten pick. But yep. he just he just is he's stubby. He's not as tall as what you'd like for that default. But. You know, he's a guy I'd pound the table for in a, in a late round kind of situation for the NFL because that's a freaking football player. Yeah, he uh, he he is a difference maker, and like I said, everything, every report, and every eyeball, he is wearing it out. And um, yeah, if he were six four, you know, two sixty or whatever he is, instead of six foot two sixty, he'd be. You see the slick hairs and all that just going nuts over the guy every day on NFL. Uh, mock drafts and all that but somebody asked in the chat and just real quick jason you know gainer um from florida state and all they somebody wanted to compare noah taylor and gainer i gainer looks i've seen them both up close and watched them and of course taylor got hurt but gainer looks to be a better player to me but compare them a little bit pretty comparable in a lot of ways i mean i think taylor was 
so I think Gainer is a. He seems more physical. Taylor was more finesse. Yeah. You got to have yeah, some that, more physical. It's, that was where I was going to go. Is yeah. I was going to use the word mean. <laughs> Gainer, yeah. in terms of how he plays, he plays with an edge, and he he's a more he's a stronger, more physical player than Taylor was. Taylor was a better player than Gainer, moving backwards and laterally in space. A uh, little more instinctive in that sense. You know, Taylor is a little more. There's a little more linebacker to Taylor's game. Uh, and a little more, you know, being able to kind of handle coverage responsibilities, a little more natural with that. And again, sort of agility, finesse type stuff. Gainer is flat out burst forward and is, is looking to, is looking to, to knock, knock somebody out. That's, that's just kind of his game. Uh, that's, that's really the biggest difference. I mean, and, and trait wise, they're, they're, they're similar in a lot of ways, but it's really just a matter of Gainer's a little more linear, uh, faster more bursty uh and taylor's a little more laterally agile and i think a little more instinctive uh in as a as a coverage player yeah you wear a neck roll you better be able to play and uh it looked like gainer's got a neck roll under there and uh so yeah he he's going to be it'll be interesting to watch the duo of him and Cayman rucker somebody's saying rucker 10 plus sacks we might do a rucker gainer sack over under for our i'll show. give rucker and gainer combined over 10 Interesting. Hold Maybe that you should invite August. Gregory Hall back on the show when we do that. <laughs> well, so he can uh, – he might actually – Des might actually get a sack this year. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Mr. Evans. He just, you know, Gregory was a champion and it didn't work out. Anybody left on the defense we need to talk about? Somebody we haven't talked talk secondary. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about Huzzy, but, yeah, let's talk secondary and see – and, Jason, where do you think they're um, – Obviously, Dre Bly's gone. A lot of players are gone. A lot of new guys in there. Huzzy, we didn't get to see, which was disappointing. Um, heard good reports on him. What else is out there? Well, I, I didn't need to see Huzzy any more than I did. So, you know, put that guy in bubble wrap, and he's he's a starter. Just just figure out who else needs to go around him. But the other guy that stood out to me uh, was actually Derek Allen. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, a couple times, there, there's one time in particular where he took an angle I was not thrilled with against the run. Uh, still, you know, he's still at stud and he still made the made the play. It's like, ah, I came down a little hard and I'd like to see him just, you know, half yard over. But overall, I mean, I thought Derek, I, if I was handicapping it, I would guess that Derek Allen's going to really contend for, for a starting job uh, in the secondary at one of the safeties. Uh, and if not, he's going to play a lot because uh, I thought he showed – some nice awareness and, and he, he looked faster than I expected him to be. Uh, so that's a guy that, that stood out to me. Um, you know, other guys, you know, kind of were who I thought they were. Uh, I did think Chapman, uh, uh, Don, Don Chapman at, at safety at safety looked more comfortable there than he has in the past. Uh, and having more of a coverage guy there, a guy who's played corner and has been pretty good at corner at times is, is helpful. So, I mean, that's a guy that, I think is going to get more time than maybe people expect because they're going to go against teams. They're going to force that, that other safety to cover. So those are two guys that kind of stood out to me as uh, intriguing moving forward. And, you know, we know who you got, you know, who you got in 27, you know, what, what Biggers is going to be, you know, some of those other things. I think it's too early to tell on, uh, on uh, uh, Conley, but uh, that's, that, that's sort of what stood out to me. And, uh, you know, it's hard to evaluate the, the corners in this because we didn't get great angles and I need to spend more time with it uh, in terms of, you know, how Chapman's going to fit and some of those other things. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, the corner, how the, how the corner position is going to shake out. But those are my initials. Yeah, Buck, I saw more press coverage yesterday, or excuse me, yeah, yesterday still, Saturday, mm -hmm. than we saw all, all of last year. Of course, uh, Chiswick said without – saying what you say is if I could play press, I'd be playing press folks. And then yesterday we saw it. What'd you see from the secondary, but well, um, the, the, a couple of things that, uh, probably I wonder about a lot is, you know, safety play at North Carolina has not been great the last several years. That's one of the things we talk about a lot is that, um, they don't have the haven't had the kind of play at safety that um, 
you would need, I mean, if you were wanted to, if you were somebody other than Gene Chizik and you wanted to go to an Iowa State three three safety, you know, situation, uh, they didn't have three safeties that could play that well, you know. <laughs> you laugh, Jason, but am I wrong? No, I mean, you're not wrong. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, uh, but uh, I think now they might. They might have the ability to have uh, put some safeties on the on the field that can play well. Uh, I I like Will Hardy a lot, uh, and you know he he's bigger than you think about him being. You know, he's 6'2", 215. I mean, he's not a baby. Um, <laughs> and uh, for a support, uh, run support safety that can, uh, you know, help you out there, he's an option. And, you know, of course, Conley's extremely physical. We just got to see how he uh, is physically when he's headed into the year. Um, you know, and they got some other guys that can play safety, and Derek Allen being one of them. That's he's another monster. He's about six two, and two ten, and he's a full grown man. He's a graduate, you know, uh, transfer. So they've got some big bodied, long, physical safeties that they can put in the game now. That I don't think they've had. Uh, you know, it, it had a little bit of Conley when he was younger. Uh, he missed virtually, you know, all of last year. Um. So, you know, with Will Hardy, Will Hardy was a true freshman last year, um, and they didn't have Derek Allen. So that those are like three bodies that they're they're going to have that they didn't have, you know, haven't had the last several years. So, I'm a little bit encouraged about safety play. I'm I'm a little bit curious about who's going to land the spot opposite Huzzy. Boykins is going to play the uh, nickel. Now they've been talking about. At, you know, having Huzzy come down and play the nickel and uh, two other guys be on the outside. In some matchups, I think they will do that, you know, against teams that have you, – you, if, if you've got a team that's got a, a, a Josh Downs type player in the slot, you might want to bring Huzzy inside for that. That's basically what they want to have the flexibility to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Chapman, Armani Chapman, uh, he played 11 games for Virginia Tech last year, and he, he was a fifth-year player. Uh, is he in his sixth year now, I guess? He had to be in, recruited by the former uh, D.C. at Virginia Tech. Who, uh, ha- yeah. So, uh, the Chapman has, you know, started in the – and started 25 games all overall at uh, Virginia Tech. Um, legend had, you know, played some last year. Day day has played some and it almost started for like the back half of, I think the orange bowl season or something like that. Um, so they've, they've got some guys that have started, uh, you know, but who's, who's that guy going to be? Have they got somebody or two guys really? Um, that if push came to shove, they could drop Huzzy down to the nickel uh, defensive back spot in the four two five. And one one of the good things about having all that having that many bodies in the secondary is that that that's really that and linebacker depth is really where you get a lot of your special teams coverage units from. So that's one of those things where teams that are that are deep at the at the safety and linebacker spots. Uh, and have some, you know, corner depth and all of that. Those are teams that are better on on special teams. So that that should help on some things this year because you get a lot of those players from there. Uh, so if they can maintain that depth and keep all those guys around, that that helps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a lot more talent and a lot more bodies out there. It it'll be interesting to see how they're used. And of course, the defensive front's going to make a difference. Um, it all goes together, you know. And I'm on. We're going to get into this offensive line discussion, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to try to stick to our hour thing that we usually do because it's been a long weekend. Folks got to get up and go to work tomorrow. Uh, Buck, offensive there's line. There's no off-season, Tommy. There's, there's no, no off-season, season, but there is sleep. You know, we have For to whom? sleep. 
Yeah, there's no sleep for the weary. What's it? No restless for the weary. Something. I don't. Who knows? No rest for the weary. Yes. Yeah, I'm sundown. No rest for the wicked. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to call myself wicked. <laughs> at times, but offensive line. I mean, y'all mentioned it earlier. It's basically the same guys. They're searching for a left tackle, I guess, or, or trying to figure out who to fill the fifth guy. Corey Gaynor is definitely going to be the center. Love Willie Lampkin. To be honest, Willie Lampkin might be my favorite player on this team. Uh, Connor Harrell will have some op- some some competition. He has, a, he has a threat to his his realm, his reign as uh, my favorite guy. But Buck offensive line, this is another one of those positions where Carolina's got to be more physical. Randy Clements, I mean, good gracious, I still see in Baylor highlights and Randy Clements <laughs> over there just telling his guys those running backs smash. are still getting touchdowns, aren't they? Yeah, smash. down there, Florida. <laughs> how many yards they got anyway but what do you think on the offensive side of the ball offensive line protecting drake making holes for the running backs i think this is where the season goes from nine to plus nine what do you think well they got william barnes over there at left tackle um and spencer rolland on the, the other tackle um and you you already talked about the interior uh of the line You know, uh, offensive line coaches, every single one of them, I think, at North Carolina have all said, we want eight guys that we can play. Um, We want eight guys we can play. Tommy is just basking in the glory of the attention he's receiving. from. I know, really. I'm just trying to see how red I am. Thanks, fellas. (laughs) I don't need a haircut appointment, though. And I definitely don't go to the gym. <laughs> you might see me at the walking track. Anyway, but let's stay on fo- focus. Yeah. It's getting late. <laughs> uh, but Mac Brown says we got six uh, that we can count on. Uh, now, they're never, I've no, the, every offensive line coach wants eight, but they never play more than five if they can get away with it. Um, that's been my experience at UNC. Um, but they, they, they need some more bodies there that they can count on. Um, and that's the, the piece that uh, that I worry about a little bit. And is William Barnes a guy at left tackle? Is he a serviceable left tackle to protect Drake May's blind side? Um, and one of the things that uh, Brown brought up at his press conference was, you know, if I can find an offensive lineman in the transfer portal, I'm going to get him. Basically, he said, if I can find a decent offensive lineman, I'm going in the transfer portal. I'm bringing him in. So that's an area that, uh, and and that offensive lineman might not necessarily have to worry about being second team either. So uh, that might be something we look at a lot over the next couple of weeks uh, to see if North Carolina lures. Uh, an accomplished offensive lineman into the fold via the transfer portal. Jason, what do you see there? What? Give me a couple things that Randy Clements will make a noticeable difference with. Well, a couple things, and one of them is one of them. Only one of them has to do with the offensive line itself. Uh, one thing that that I mentioned, you know, you could sort of see some of the things that they're doing differently. Mentioned that in the top half of the show. Uh, is I don't know if everybody noticed the wide splits. You you had some wide receivers lined up outside the the numbers, you know, close to the sideline. I mean, again, going back to the Bryles. That was a big Art Bryles thing. That's right. And so they did, in what they're doing, in what Chip Lindsay is doing, they are incorporating some of those, you know, extra wide, extra, you know, super spread splits, which does – simplify certain things for the offensive line at times. I mean, that's one of the things is you're simplifying for the quarterback. You're simplifying for the offensive line. We saw this done actually back under Fedora at the very end uh, with some success. And then they ran out of quarterbacks basically. (laughs) So, you know, um, but that's one thing is that you can see some of the influence in terms of what they're doing schematically. That's one example of what they're doing schematically. The other thing is, is really the thing that he has to do with, and that's a lot of the running game is very Baylor oriented or very Bryles, Bryles-esque. It's not Baylor anymore. Um, but 
they the, the emphasis is getting vertical movement. You're you're seeing the offensive line fire off the ball, trying to to move the defensive line vertically, not just you know stepping in one direction and not not position blocking as much as he really wants to instill get after their donkeys. Uh, and, uh, that's something that I, I think you are going to see personnel has to be good enough to be able to execute that. And, and I think they're, they still have a ways to go to be where they want to be on that front. And they definitely need to get comfortable with, with the second guard spot, but you're going to see an emphasis on trying to get vertical movement and let the running back hit the line of scrimmage with a lot of, with a lot of speed on the inside. I mean, they're going to, you're going to get less horizontal running game from the running back with this offense. Running back's going to get the ball and is going to be, you know, running inside the tackles a lot. And if they're going to, if they're going to be doing stuff on the outside, it's not, you know, stretch type play it's tosses and things like that. So, um, so that's the biggest, biggest thing you're going to see. I was a little surprised when I when I first saw Barnes at, at left tackle earlier in the spring, but he, he seems to be doing pretty well there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're finding the best five that they've got. I saw somebody ask the question of, is it normal to, you know, only play five or six? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the reality in college football is, you know, it's rare to have a team that has more than, say, seven offensive linemen. Eight is usually a luxury that you feel can play at the level that you need to, to be able to win. So you got to play those guys. Uh, they need to find three more that they're comfortable with right now, in, in my view. And, and that that's going to go into the, into the fall. And, you know, we know the, that four are good based on last year. We know that they, that four can play, but I think they need to find three more to really be comfortable and ideally four more that they, that they like. And the thing is, is that most guys on this team have been seen by, what, three offensive line coaches now? Is that fair? You had Bicknell. Who'd you have before Bicknell? I'm at a loss. Cyril's, Bicknell, and now Clements. So if if guys are not popping up um, on the depth chart or on the starting lineup and all that kind of thing, it, it, it might want to be a mirror thing rather than a coaching thing. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see how that works. Uh, uh, you know, Buck, anything left? Um, I think for me watching, I hope to see more physicality in the spring. They were physical during practices. I kind of wanted to see that play out in the spring game um, because I think that's the key for North Carolina. That's where Mac Brown 1.0 got good and got But you better. can be plenty physical. I, I, I got I to say this before we go. You can be plenty physical playing thud. Okay. Explain it because that's what everybody's talking about. So – Thud is just you're not tackling guys to the ground. You still everything hit. else is the same. Yeah. Offensive so the line line, play is the same. The line play is identical. Yeah. You know, so you know what's you're not going supposed on? to be tackling anybody. If right. You're a, you what's know. going on between the between you know between the tackles or between the you know in the between the tight end box essentially? So the defensive line, linebackers, offensive line, and running backs in the box is not different in thud versus otherwise only difference is that when linebackers or whoever is going to tackle the running back they they have to tackle him high above the waist so you're not knifing in and, and cutting out somebody's legs and you're not trying to take him down to the ground you just try to hit him and you hit him with a good angle and with a lot of force and look if you can thud and and knock that guy on his on his butt by the by the contact alone that's fine you're trying to instill that you want those guys going hard at each other like that. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to eliminate the, you know, the stuff that's happening down the legs with ball carriers. Uh, you're trying to eliminate where, you know, a guy gets taken to the ground and he falls into the legs of a defensive lineman or offensive lineman and rolls up on him and all of that. That's what you're, tr that's what thud is designed to eliminate is you're just, you're trying to get all of the things that you try to work on with tackling, including the hard contact, including form tackle and everything your form tackling only difference is you're not swinging the guy to the ground on onto onto somebody's leg so in 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 terms of coverage your bump and run looks exactly the same your you know your safety is going to come up and hit a guy on a on a slant just like he would otherwise you're just not 
swinging a guy down on the ground or trying, you know, doing something where a guy's going to fall on his feet. So the whole thing is don't get knee injuries. Don't get ankle injuries. Everything else is the same. And you, you can be physical playing thud. Every team in the country thuds most of the time. The question is, are in, in every NFL team, when they do any, no NFL team tackles to the ground in practice, none. And those NFL games, you get to the playoffs and all that. Those are, that's as physical a football as you're ever going to see. Because, and, and, you know, you, you look at that NFL guys all play very physical thud in practice. It can be very physical. Uh, you just have to learn to do it. And the best teams, the best culture teams play really physical thud. <laughs> There you go, folks. Thud, physical. Jason Staples explains it. I think, to be honest, I think Mac should have explained it more because Mac made it seem like thud was less physical, and that explanation there um, sort of sort of explains it to everybody. My point still remains: Carolina's got to be more physical in yes. the fall on the field during games because I don't think Mac two point or one got really good until they started dominating physically other teams i think that's what i'm looking for come fall practice ton of content coming uh, jason will do his scouting reports we'll do podcasts about it we will talk to buck sanders bucks column um, we'll drop tomorrow morning um, share his thoughts on the spring game that you might not have gotten from here you get more there and then this article will be up as well for folks uh, buck anything last any last words as we close we are moving into the off season. There might not be one, but There's we no are off-season. moving. We, we are moving into football off season going I forward. Just, I would clean up one point a little bit. It's not really a cleanup. It's just an addition. We were talking about the wide splits. You know, the Baylor uh, wide splits. You know, Mike Leach was also famous for that, and it wasn't about the running game. But for him, <laughs> it was about the wider my offensive line is the longer it's going to take for the defensive end to come in and get the quarterback. So schematically wider splits is also a aid to your tackles, uh, your right and your left tackle, because uh, it's not, it's not just as easy to uh, get to the quarterback that way. Uh, than it is with narrow splits. Yeah. So and what we'll see, I'd throw that in there. Yeah, and what we'll see with North Carolina is we'll see sometimes narrower splits with the offensive line because they want to get vertical with the offensive line and wide splits from the wide receivers. You're going to see some playing around with some splits next year, just in general. Should be fun to watch. A lot to talk about. A lot to look forward over over the summer. Um, spring game wrap. Day after spring game wrap. Jason Staples, Buck Sanders, of course, Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. We'll be back. Always check with Inside Carolina. Always check with Tar Pit Premium. All that good stuff. Boys, it's been fun. As always. See you, guys. As always. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.